you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen. And my guest today is Nina Lockwood. Um, Nina is a transformative coach, author, speaker, and artist who shares the joy of creativity, inner freedom, and genuine aliveness. And Nina has over 30 years of expertise in psychology and personal development, and over 20 years in the field of energy medicine. Nina works with both individuals and organizations by pointing them to their innate, unlimited ability to access wisdom, creativity, so they can live a wonderful life. And Nina's website is ninalockwood.com, and I will post that in the show notes for all of you who would like to go and visit her website and see all the different things that she offers and that she is involved with. So welcome, Nina, and I'm very happy to have you here. Thank you. It's a pleasure. <laughs> so we were chatting a little bit before, um, and what I think we, we were talking about and what I really would like to, to talk about today is, is the broader definition of health and wellness and how that is so important these days, especially with all the things that are going on. For people to understand how health and wellness is not just whether you're eating organic or not. Health and wellness has to do with all aspects of your life and whether it's your money or your career or your family um, and of course your actual physical health but they're all tied up together and I think people are becoming more and more aware of just how tied up a lot of these things are and so I would really like to get your view of that and particularly having to do with this time period around COVID, but as, as I think that's just has made it more of an extreme to something that's actually normal. I don't know if that makes sense, but maybe if you can, if you can talk a little bit about that and then we can just see where the conversation goes. Sure. Well, it is a crazy time. There's no doubt about that. And it's something that has disrupted everyone's life. And if you, if you just take a look at us as human beings, you can't really separate our health from our mental well-being, our emotional well-being, even the spiritual component in addition to the physical component. We're all one, one component that has many little bits to it and that you can't really separate one from the other. So it's important when you're, for example, if you're feeling stressed out or worried about the future with the way things are now and the threat of things possibly getting worse is to realize, at least for me, it seems really important to realize how much what we tell ourselves, the stories that we tell ourselves affect our health, our ability to think clearly, our ability to have some sense of equanimity or 
hope in when we look at a world that looks very dark and could get darker. I would, I would agree. I would, I would agree. Um, and so what are some um, practices maybe is a, a good word to start with that people can, can think about and perhaps implement into their own lives to help them to deal with some of these, these issues and um, might be a, a good place kind of to, to start. Yeah. I think instead of talking about specific uh, techniques or practices, mm. I'd love to play around with what's going on behind the curtain okay. of our, okay. our behaviors. No, that's, 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 that's good. That sounds like a good idea. I think when you do that, at least what I've seen helpful about that is that when we understand how our minds work mm. and how that triggers so many other things, it causes a cascade of effects in our, our physical body and the rest of us, it's, we can begin to make some changes. Whereas if we aren't aware of them, it kind of just goes downhill. Yeah. One of the, the uh, explanations that I heard from uh, Joe Dispenza, who mm. is, you probably know who he is, he's pretty well known in the meditation world, and he's done a lot of work with um, the Heart Math Institute and understanding the nature of, of the mind, is that when we have, he, he explained it in a diagram, he said, when we have a thought, the thought triggers a feeling. The feeling triggers a biochemical reaction in the body, and that consequently triggers a, um, a physical reaction or a, a, an action that you would take, you know, hmm. a biological reaction or something that you would actually do mm -hmm. in response to it. And because we as humans have a tendency to um, overthink, especially potentially negative consequences, we go back up to that same thought again triggers the same feeling, the same emotions, the same behaviors. Mm -hmm. And we wonder why nothing is different. Yeah. It's a little crazy, but because I think because we're worried about the consequences, if we don't pay attention to those troubling thoughts, mm -hmm. that we have to obsess about them to mm -hmm. figure out what the answer is. So we get into a rut where nothing new, we can't hear anything new, mm -hmm. we can't do anything new. And the place that he suggests is the point of change is to stop at the point of and notice at the point of our thinking mm -hmm. that our thinking is what's triggering the biochemical re responses, whether it's mm -hmm. adrenaline or cortisol or something that we're producing in response to believing that we're mm -hmm. stressed or mm -hmm. that the object out there is causing us difficulty. But the truth of it is, which is a little harder to see, but it makes sense, is that it's not the event, it's how we're thinking about the event mm -hmm. that's actually causing a problem, mm -hmm. causing these biochemical responses, causing more worry, more stress, mm -hmm. upset stomach, you know, anxiety, all of those things can be traced back to how our mind is how, the, all the opinions that we're having about the thoughts that we're even having to begin with. So it's all tied in. Is that, do you think that there's a, a kind of addiction almost to certain thoughts? It's like we think them so often and we say to ourselves, oh no, that's not good. I don't need to think about that. Da, 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 da. 
but then, you know, half an hour later, you're thinking the same thoughts again. Mm. Well, I think there is some kind of momentum to our thinking. If we have been entertaining them for years and years and years, then it's likely that they'll show up again unless we don't let them in. Mm. One of one of my favorite quotes is from uh, a Zen master who uh-huh. said something to the effect of, um, open your front door and your back door, let your thoughts come and go, but don't invite them to tea. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I wonder who that was. Okay. But whatever. <laughs> Sorry. One of those. Been a lot of, yeah. Well, that's been <laughs> a lot of years in the Zendo. So <laughs> that's why I'm like, hmm, wonder who that was. Okay. Yeah. But. So um, I think, you know, when I spend a lot of time in the world of energy medicine, Mm. I saw that what happened frequently, and there are a lot of modalities out there these days, not just one or two, there's Mm. hundreds of them, that there was a lot of chasing symptoms. And if I just chase, if I just follow this symptom back to the cause, but you could spend your whole life going, well, what's before that? What's before that? And that without an understanding of how our minds work and how our minds affect our physical body and how the narratives that we tell ourselves either keeps us on the surface of life and reacting as a victim to what Mm -hmm. happens to us, to our circumstances, or whether we get more, I don't know if I want to use the word empowered, but we become more aware that we have a choice in how we respond Mm -hmm. to what's going on around us. Yeah. Yes, I I would totally agree. And I, yeah, I think awareness is the, is the big key. Yeah. And that happens, I think, when you start to feel like something's just not right here. Yeah. You know, that, that sense of this just doesn't feel like it's the whole story. Mm. That discontent, I think that's what gives us a sense of willingness to explore what else might be going on that we're not necessarily aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think as well that you, you can also, you can have the awareness, but then the, the, other, the other level, I guess, of it is to say, okay, I don't need that anymore, you know, to somehow be able to say, okay, thank you for, thank you for sharing and um step and to the side exactly exactly and and you know i i've i've learned i've learned the lesson and okay i can move on um and yeah. it is it's it's i know just in my own personal experience of having gone gone through that and and letting go of some huge things in my in my life and it's just like you feel like you've you know shed 50 pounds i mean it's just it's amazing how much it can weigh you down and you don't even realize it. Yes. Yes. I think in, until you're willing to ask why mm. or what else is possible, mm. then we're still stuck in that continuous loop of yeah. reacting to our circumstances as if we are victims to them. Mm-hmm. And I think knowing that we do have options is really important for our well-being because mm-hmm. most of us think well because i thought that thought it must be true yes yes exactly <laughs> exactly exactly yeah and 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 you know so much of what we think 
or that we see and we think we saw um, is not true. Yeah. It's our own version. It's our own projection so much yeah. of the time, you know, it's, it, for instance, even with the, the um, pandemic that's going on, yeah. yes, there are safety measures you can take. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, how much time do you need to spend on it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You just do it. Just do it. And then there's the rest of your life. There's this present moment. Mm -hmm. There's so many other things here besides the threat of that virus. And if all I'm going to do is worry about that, then I'm not going to sleep well at night. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yes. Um, you know, at the same time, you don't want to be one of those people that says, oh, this is, this is a, doesn't mean anything. And it's all, it, it's all a hoax and, <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. It's just a matter of, of being aware again doing what you need to do and getting on with your life. Yeah. It's not so different. I don't think I'm going to try a, an analogy mm -hmm. here of climbing a mountain. Mm. You need to have the right equipment. You need to dress for it. You need yeah. to have the right food for it. You need to know what to expect. And then you're on the journey. You put yeah. one foot in front of the other and, and, but you're not always saying, Oh, did I pack this? Or did I remember that? Or you're there and your experience, what's, present mm -hmm. in the moment mm -hmm. yeah oh exactly exactly and you know and and it's interesting because you're talking about when you were just saying that i was thinking the same same thing like being out here in california it's it's earthquakes right you just get all the stuff ready and then you go on with your life because yeah. you don't know when it's going to happen you just want to be prepared that's all well it's so interesting that you mentioned that because wanting to uh be prepared mm. and wanting to control ah. tends to go, we tend to go overboard on it when there's a, a scary situation, you know, that, mm -hmm. well, it's not enough just to pack the bag. It's not enough just yeah. to have the disinfectant or the mask. Right. So it's not enough. It's not enough. And that we forget that we have an innate intelligence that will guide us in the moment. What do mm -hmm. I need to do here? What I, so that we're, we're not immune, hmm. but we're taken care of. Mm -hmm. Right. That makes sense. Yes. Yes. No. That makes that makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense because there's only so much you can do, right? Yeah. And then and then, then you then have to kind that, of give it over to to the universe in a way, you know, to your, which is your yeah. own innate wisdom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that that um, was a um, I was going to say disillusionment, but it just was a, a realization about a lot of the energy medicine um, programs out there are are based on uh, a fundamental premise that we're broken. Oh. You know, our chakras are closed. Right. Our energy field is constricted. Our meridians yeah. are blocked. Again, that's on the surface level. Mm -hmm. It's and ninety nine times out of a hundred, those that energy anatomy mm -hmm. is affected by our how I'm thinking about the world around me. Is mm -hmm. it a safe place? Is it a dangerous place? Mm -hmm. Do I need to defend myself? What do I need to do? Is it hostile? Is it friendly? And that can really put a wrench in the works rather yeah. than having a perspective that we actually have much more going for us yes. than we normally think. And to me, having that understanding that 
our minds can really make a huge difference in our well-being, mm-hmm. in our emotional well-being, in our ability to function in the world, in our ability to manage stress. Mm-hmm. And the more we realize that we actually have some choice, that we don't have to believe everything we think, we can keep the stress levels lower and we can think more clearly so that we know how to take care of ourselves physically uh-huh. and otherwise turn off the news, you know, go out for a walk. There are so many things we can do on a simple level that can have profound mm-hmm. effects for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I totally agree for sure. Yeah. It's, um, and I think that's, I think a lot of that, um, as you and, you and I were talking about earlier before we got on the podcast, that, that so much of our mindset and our thinking, um, just it impacts what we do in our lives and and how things turn out and how we feel and how we react Um, and it's so important again getting back to awareness it's so important to watch and see what we're doing and seeing how how we see other things yeah in our lives how we see you know the world kind of seeing us if you want to put it that way um Mm. There's, there's a, someone who I, I listened to God, for years now, but, um, you know, and, and she, she always says, you know, there's, there's the, th- the three things. There's how you see yourself, how the world sees you, and how you see the world. And it's kind of all those, uh, you put all three of those kind of together, and then you can kind of synchronize <laughs> and yeah. just live from, from that place. Um, course the tricky thing there is that that's a moving all of those are a moving target how i see myself i'm in a good mood i'm great you know if i'm in a Uh low mood well i have problem and that weakness and be careful about that i have no control over how the world sees me Mm -hmm. that's just a given i have no idea because everybody lives in their own separate realities so what i might think looks and sounds pretty good somebody else couldn't care less about uh-huh. So it's an interesting game to play. Yeah. Juggling perceptions. Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and to me, it kind of brings out the whole thing of, of well, in the short run and the long run, it's, it's all really kind of under my control. It all kind of comes down to how do I see myself? Because if mm. I see myself in a certain way. Can you say more about that? Um, well, I think that... How I see myself is, is partly how I then project myself out into the world, mm-hmm. which then becomes how the world sees me. Um, and, and I think all of it, I think that what it is, is that all of it really starts with us. And to me, it, it just brings a, a, a knowledge that, that it, it's, it's all coming from me. Um, and it just kind of brings it back. It brings it, at least for me, it bring, brings it back to me mm. and myself. Um, yeah, I think that that's a really good point because sometimes we we talk about living life from the inside out, mm-hmm. which, in my understanding, is a uh, is a reference to the fact that well, the way I've heard it described is the mind is not a camera. It's a projector. Mm-hmm. So, and this is an interesting 
connection to what uh, Bruce Lipton, who wrote The uh -huh. Biology of Belief in this. And yeah, I, I love Bruce Lipton, yeah. What he talks about in The Biology mm -hmm. of Belief, if we mm -hmm. see the world as a hostile place, then our body is going to respond appropriately. Yeah, yes. And we, I don't, you know, most of us think the world is a scary, hostile place and that we need to mm -hmm. protect ourselves from it. But what if it, what if we've exaggerated that to the point where we've really lost our sense of what we already have going for us? Because if I feel helpless, mm -hmm. then that's going to send a whole lot of biochemicals through my body that I am not going Ooh. to enjoy having. <laughs> so there are, there are ways to discern what's dangerous and, and mm. what we're taking to an extreme, I think. Mm-hmm. Because, yes. you know, you can, you can give yourself an anxiety attack by, is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? Well, what if he gets mm -hmm. sick? Or what if she gets sick? Or what if I get sick? Or what about my job? Or bankruptcy? Or uh -huh. we can add such uh, elaborate stories to mm -hmm. what's actually going on that our bodies are sensitive to what we're thinking. So mm -hmm. they respond in kind. Oh, you're telling me to be afraid? All right, well, let's jack up the adrenaline and get moving, do something. Yeah. Rather than going inside and finding a, a way to find a, a place that's more, that has more equanimity in it mm -hmm. and is a little bit more, can see things more clearly. Yes, I would, I would totally agree. I would totally agree. And if, if we see, if, if we think that the world is, is attacking us, then we react certain ways, yeah. which then the people were into, you know, the world and the people we're interacting with, then think that we're attacking them because we're defending ourselves. And I mean, it just, it starts a whole, a yeah. whole, um, a whole thing. And then it's a self-fulfilling, self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Yeah. And so much of that is projection. Oh, they are going to yeah. think this, I think that, and that's right. I think one of the most valuable things that I've learned is that everybody has their own separate reality and there's no yes. way that that's not possible because I've grown up with my own conditioning and my own personal uh -huh. history. Yours is different. Everybody's uh -huh. is different. So I could say the word light and you could think I'm referring to weight. Right. I could be referring to sunlight. I could be... Uh -huh. You know, there's so many, yeah. in, so many meanings to words, mm -hmm. which makes one level of confusion. But when we realize that we don't see the world, even though we agree on language, mm -hmm. and yes, there's the sun, or yes, there's whatever it is in front of us, we still have a separate interpretation. Mm -hmm. That means X, you know, and your, your interpretation is different. Mm -hmm. And to realize that when people respond it's not personal to us. Mm. It's in response to their own right. projection, their own lenses that they're looking through. Uh -huh. And I know for myself, when I used to take things personally, I would get sick. I'd get migraines and I'd be mm. worried and my stomach would be upset and I didn't sleep well. And I, it took me a long time to put two and two together on that, that I was really making up a scenario in my head and mm. then living from that and making myself sick as a result. Which is, I think, where, where the whole thing of creating your own reality comes from. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, 
And so many people are like, oh, how can I create that when so-and-so did this and so-and-so did that? And it's like, well, <laughs> we can talk about it if you're open to it, but <laughs> if you're not, it's, you know, it's not worth it. <laughs> but well, I think a lot yeah. of this has to do with how, to what degree we live on the surface of our lives mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. whether we're interested in going a little bit deeper. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. There are lots of people who have no clue that eating junk food is bad for them. Mm -hmm. It's a decision that they make because they're used to it. Mm -hmm. They have a limited budget. Mm -hmm. That's what they've always done. That's how they were raised. Yeah. So doesn't it depend on what a person is actually starting to look at? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I guess where I was kind of coming from was that there's a lot of people who, who even if they realize there's an issue with it, are so get so defensive mm -hmm. that um, sometimes it takes a while for them to to let go of that defensiveness yeah. to see that oh well maybe they could change this over here or that over there and start start the process. Yeah. You know that speaks to me. That speaks to an element that I think we could all do better with having mm -hmm. more of, which is realizing what we already have going for us. I think that there are many people who realize that they overthink or they <laughs> exaggerate or they're a worrier or, you know, whatever label it is, that's not so productive. Mm -hmm. And yet what we have, and some of that, you know, you could say is related to human beings and mm -hmm. looking for danger and trying to uh, prevent it from happening. Mm -hmm. But to one of the things I think that we don't spend more time doing is recognizing what we already have going for us. Mm -hmm. For instance, if we have super busy minds <laughs> and it's not serving us, mm -hmm. is that many of us don't realize there's a deeper level within us, which is why there's more of an interest now in meditation mm -hmm. and yes. um, relaxation exercises mm -hmm. there are so we have the way i think that human beings are constructed the way we experience life on the planet there is so much that we have at our fingertips but it's as though nobody ever told us mm -hmm. that things aren't personal that there are so many things we can do to take care of ourselves on a holistic level mind body mm -hmm. physical spiritual mm -hmm. They're all part of the same package that we're living with. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing just to con continue on that is that once you do start changing some of those things, you end up finding that it impacts and, and in a positive way, all the other parts of your life. Yeah. You know, your dealings with your parents, your dealings with your kids, um, your dealings with, with people at work. You know, there's there's all these different different levels besides just feeling better yourself, um, yeah, and and your health. And I and I think that that's that's one of those things that I think people get so surprised at, right? Yeah. It's kind of like, gee, you know, how come I'm not arguing with my husband as much? Things like that, right? Yeah. Or somebody says something to you, gee, you seem like you're you're feeling better. Or, gee, you seem like you're you know you're getting along with people better or whatever. And you don't really, we sometimes can feel it in ourselves, 
but we don't notice it until people start telling us in the mm. outside world. Yeah, there's something shifted. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you were, when we were talking earlier, you mm. were interested in expanding the definition of health mm -hmm. to include all facets of our being. Yes. Can you talk a little bit more about that and how you see it? I, well, first off, I think um, I see it as, I see us as one, I don't know, being is what comes to mind, but I, I want to say that in a different context than just like human being kind of thing. But for all, all parts of us, that um, how we interact with people, how we think of ourselves, um, and how we, what our values are in our lives. Um, and that, to me, it seems that the more I have become aware of myself, my own thoughts, um, my own feeling of and knowing that I'm okay, you know, in, in my, my inner wisdom. Um, and, and I will say that, that even to a certain degree, a little of that started decades and decades ago when I did spend a lot of time in the Zendo and I spent a lot of time in meditation. Um, and I can still kind of drop down into that place. It's kind of in, in me. This is kind of where I feel it, but everybody's got their own little place. But um, that, and, and that's kind of what I call my inner wisdom as well. It's because it's really the same feeling. And I know that, that as long as I can come back to that, as long as I can kind of center myself on that and give myself the, the opportunity and the... Um, can't think what the right word is, but but the that it's okay to do that. Mm -hmm. And if I can come from there, give myself the space to be able to come from there, that I'll be okay in whatever I'm doing and and whatever I want and whatever I'm um, dealing with will come out okay. Um, and mm -hmm. so that's that's the kind of that's kind of the the kind of um, feeling feeling thought. You want to call it back to back to the the whole inside out um, that I'm infusing more and more into my life and trying to share with people mm -hmm. as well, and so that's 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 how I see this health and wellness being a much bigger, more inclusive um, theory isn't the right word, but um, of of how to live yeah. and where and where to come from. Um, and I have found that, that the more I do that, the less reactive I am to things. That makes um, a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I used to be, I used to be very reactive and I used to hold on to stuff, you know, and not, and I'm not talking about over oh, an hour. I mean, I'm talking about for years, I would keep playing things over and over and over in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't do that anymore. Do you think that's contributed to your being healthier than you may have been in the past? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yes. Yeah, it, it just, I've just been a lot, a lot more open mm. to things and to people. Um, and it's, 
you know, there was a tightness in my body and in my brain and my emotional core that, mm-hmm. um, that it's, it's like, it just kind of opened up. Yeah. I've been having a few discussions lately with people about happiness and feeling alive and how many people either feel deadened by their reaction to what's going on in the world that they just can't take it in anymore. And they're like mm-hmm. turtles. They've gone into their shell mm-hmm. or they just, they're, they're reactive in a way that they know isn't healthy for them, but they kind of can't help it because the way they see the world is as a dangerous place. Mm-hmm. And yes, of course, some parts of the world are dangerous and mm-hmm. some aspects mm-hmm. are clearly mm-hmm. we're living in that time right now. And yet, if we knew how much more we were adding insult to injury by doing that, we probably wouldn't do it as much. Mm-hmm. That we knew that, you know, part of what I was saying earlier about uh, knowing what we have going for us, mm-hmm. we have this, from this particular understanding, we have this inner, always have an inner resource, always have an inner wisdom that is our guidance system, if you want to call it uh-huh. that. Yeah. And that we rely less on that because our world, the Western world relies on intellect and, and analysis. And yet there's something instinctive, intuitive, that gut feeling that leads us go here, go there, do this, do that. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, mm-hmm. that we pay less attention to, but has a huge impact on how our well-being. Absolutely. And, and I, I mean, think just think of how people when they're really stressed out and trying to figure something out, their brow gets all furrowed and they're frowning and, you know, their their hands tighten yeah. up and they yeah. in fists as opposed to just allowing yourself to wait for the answer to occur to you because an idea always happens. You can't stop them. Yeah. And, and if you're open, if you're more open and relaxed, those ideas usually are much better. Makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Because, yeah. you know, you think about it and you think, okay, how many times have, have you gone, you've got some issue that you're trying to deal with and you just can't come up with what you think is going to work. And then you go off and you do something else. And then all of a sudden it'll occur to you. Yeah. Because they you're have open research. to it. Yeah. They have some research on, on uh, how people get their ideas in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> so then the next question is, well, how many showers should I take in a day? Well, you know, if you have a dog, go take the dog out for a walk. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do that are. <laughs> I find yeah. it's always someplace where I don't have any way to write it down. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, hell, what was that great thought that I had, that idea? Oh, right. always have to have a some kind of a phone or recorder or something on you when your ideas come you can catch them exactly exactly yeah yeah it is it is funny that way but it's um yeah and i you know and i think the other thing is is that is that people and i and i'm not going to say it's more so now because i think through all of history it's always kind of been this way and it ebbs and flows which is that there's always this whole thing about, you know, it's the guy next door or those other people over there or whatever have, have more than I have. They're getting some of my, my stuff that I should be getting. And I've never, I've never really quite understood, you know, where, where that, that comes from. But it's obviously something that's 
somehow either ingrained in, in human society or just physiologically to make sure that you get your your family fed or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I think it's it's become more even more of an issue. Well, certainly there's a polarization right now into who mm. the haves and the have nots. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, I think that goes back. I can even see examples of it in my own life mm. where if I'm comparing myself, they have something that I don't, you know, where's mine yeah. has nothing to do with what I'm capable of creating or producing. It takes all of the emphasis off of what's possible for me mm. and puts it on. Why don't I have what they have? Yeah. I should have that. But how could you? You live a, we live totally different lives. You know, it doesn't make sense to compare apples and yeah. oranges. Yeah. Well, and how many times have we gotten what we think somebody else has and then not been happy with it? Yeah. You well, know? that's an excellent point. <laughs> that, that's actually a really interesting point because that has an effect on our health and well being, too. Yes. Absolutely. To think that we're going to be fulfilled by something in the world of form. Yes. It doesn't last. Mm -mm. You know, you, you get excited about your Christmas presents and by two o'clock, it's over. You're <laughs> looking for something else. Well, that's, so like, that that's of, like little kids, right? I mean, they end up playing uh, with the boxes and the paper. <laughs> right. Right. And then even that too, after a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. You yeah, <laughs> we're funny. Uh, We've we got are. some funny conditioning. Yes. Well, I think human beings just overall are kind of strange sometimes. Well, we have developed some <laughs> peculiar habits, that's for sure. Do you think that there is a general uh, receptiveness or increasing receptiveness to taking care of yourself in more than just wearing a raincoat in the rain or, you know, taking care of your physical body how do you, how do you see it um i i think there is um i definitely think there is i think i don't know i think in a lot of ways in in our in the u.s um or should i say in what the west western culture um mm -hmm. i think we have a lot we still have a lot more emphasis on things and not as much on self mm -hmm as some of the Eastern cultures who are based more in some of the more contemplative types of philosophies. Um, yeah. not, that the, not that the East or Asia or whatever hasn't gotten very consumer oriented, just like the West, but somehow I think it's just built on a different, on a different core. Mm. Um, and I think that, that the people in, in the West, I think, especially, I think COVID kind of, kind of, um, really has made people, well, number one has made people stop because they didn't have a choice. Um, they've started to realize, I think, um, how important it is to connect with people. Which is and another really important element in well-being and health. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, so I, many studies. Yes. Well, that's what I just, I was just saying, I just recorded a, a, my podcast that went up on Monday that <clears throat> had to do with a study, <clears throat> excuse me, that they did back in June or July. I can't remember. And they um, talked to a lot of people 
found out whether they were lonelier than they were before all of this hit. And what they actually found was that the majority of people were not lonelier. The loneliness had not gone up because there were so many people reaching out to find out how they were doing. And they were reaching out to other people to find out how they were doing, checking in on people. And the way that the study researchers described it was that they felt that it actually was an increase in resilience because people felt more of that connection. Now, the, for the younger generation, the youngest generation, not, I'm not talking about the little kids, but you know, their 20s or something, some of them had a little bit of feeling more social isolation, but it wasn't necessarily loneliness that they were feeling. And I think a lot of that, the way I, I interpreted it was because they're online and all of that and a lot, a lot more than those of us that are older. Um, yeah. And so they, they don't necessarily pick up a phone and talk to people. They'll do Instagram, they'll do texts, they'll do all these other things. And even though you can record voice messages and things like that, I'm not sure how many people actually do that. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing with, with lives, you know, Facebook lives or, or something like that. And it, to me, it's not exactly the same as, as give and take. Um, and so I think, I think everyone else has it's been more con- real contact and not just, oh, see so-and-so put this picture up or something. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's kind of the way I interpreted it, but I, you know, I'm, I may be wrong, but that was, that was my thought mm-hmm. around it. But I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. So having a connection or feeling a sense of being connected to other people mm. is a really important component of well-being. Mm-hmm. And so is ha- what, I, I don't really like the way this is put, but so is having a sense of purpose or oh, meaning yes. Yes. is really important for for our own uh, mental well-being. Because mm-hmm. if we feel there's nothing to live for, mm-hmm. then all bets are off. Why bother doing anything? You know, it's a very, very uh, dispirited way of living in the world. And, and it can also create a lot of issues. I know I had um, with my mother, you know, she, she got to the point where, uh, where the, the, not that she had a big group of friends, but just about everybody was gone. She was in her 90s. She started hearing things, you know, other people that she, she thought were out to get her. We took her to, to get checked. And the doctor said, no, it's loneliness. Mm. He said, she's not, she's not interacting with enough people. And she was on the computer. She was on all these kinds of things, you know. Um, and, um, you know, but part of that was her personality as well. You know, she just wasn't interested in going out with all those old people. <laughs> so, but, um, but, you know, but that, that being said, I mean, it was just, it, it was just very interesting to see how that played out because we kept thinking well is it alzheimer's is it dementia is it you know what is it and the psychiatrist said no it's none of those things she's just not interacting with people and there's positive interaction and there's negative interaction yeah all of the both of those can affect us very deeply no that makes a lot of sense you know i've often wondered about how such an emphasis is placed on diet. Mm. I must say, 
saying there's anything wrong with that mm. at all because I've read some of the research and I know how it feels to eat junk food versus eating something that has some substance to it. Mm -hmm. But people have done studies where gratitude, being grateful for the yes. food that you have is more important than the quality of the food, yeah. which is a really interesting thing mm -hmm. that we can have a different relationship to, again, in our mind, what's our relationship to food? What's our relationship mm -hmm. to one another? What's my attitude towards my own body? I was just going to say towards ourselves, body. just towards ourselves, yes. period. Yeah. Because if I'm, if I'm filled with self-loathing or yeah. self-recrimination or self-doubt or where I'm questioning mm -hmm. and saying, this isn't right, you didn't get this right, you screwed that up, that is also going to release a chain of biochemicals in the body. Mm -hmm. Not going to like that one. And when we realize that we have a choice, you know, that we don't have to believe everything that our thoughts are telling us because they're just coming and going in our head. Mm -hmm. It's only our conditioning that gets us to pick up the one that's troublesome and hold on to it. I was going to say, yeah, I was thinking I that. Yeah. Like dear for dear life. This one out. Yeah. Right. But that we don't have to, that we're, one of the things that I found a really important concept in energy medicine is the idea of flow, that well-being is based on a flow of energy moving through not only the body, but all the systems within our body. So wherever there is a blockage, if you will, th there is something resisting the flow of life. Okay. Many times it's, it's from our thinking. Mm -hmm. I don't want this to happen, or I'm afraid of that, or that better not happen, you know, to all sorts of preconditions that I put on things. That affects the body. So many things that we don't think are that important, but they are. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're complicated beings. We have this body that needs to be fed and dressed and kept warm and we need to use it to make money so we can eat and have a roof over our heads. And yet the amount of time we spend judging it and seeing it as inadequate or yes. too old or too young or yes. too this or too that. Yes. Yes. Knowing that every time we do that, our body is sensitive to it mm -hmm. and it's affected by that, our own self-talk. Oh, Absolutely. And, and I think it's even worse than if anybody else is criticizing us. Oh, we can yeah. be hard, much harder on ourselves than anyone else yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what we may not, we may not believe when somebody else says it, it's always accurate when we say it, right? I think one of the keys is that if we realize that going back to that diagram that I was mentioning by Joe Dispenza, uh -huh. yeah. if we realize that our thinking is triggering our feelings and our feelings are triggering the chemicals in our body, if we know that mm -hmm. it's possible, we don't have to be uh, chanting mantras or repeating mm -hmm. positive affirmations over and over again, mm -hmm. but to know that we have a underneath all of that on a deeper, more fundamental level, all is well. Yes. And this is just surface noise that's happening, that we can dive beneath that yes. and find a level of peace. 
mm. which without that, it's pretty hard to be totally healthy. Yeah, I would, I would totally agree. I would totally agree. So maybe, maybe that's a good place for us to, um, to wrap up since we've kind of come full circle. Full circle. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So um, first, let me thank you for oh, being on the show. It's, it's no, my been, pleasure. It's been really enjoyable talking. Um, and let me do my usual of um, I am not a doctor and this is not to be construed as medical advice. If you have a medical problem, please go see your own doctor. If you have an emergency, please go to the emergency room. And um, so I will put Nina's information into the show notes for anyone who's interested. And I will talk to all of you again next week. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers. 